This is Jerry Rice. You're listening to FFB Unwrapped. Thank you, Jerry. Episode 15 of Fantasy Football Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Adam Stark and Anthony Servino, a special guest. Adam, what's going on, buddy? Just happy to be back on the podcast. Getting ready to start this season up. Talk some NFL draft. Ready, man. Got a brand new season. We're very excited. FFB Unwrapped is one of our only, we'll call it seasonal podcasts. We like to keep you guys waiting, the suspense as high as possible, waiting for us to come back. We are back. Super excited. I want to wait till right after the draft so we can talk about how some of these guys are, but wanted to introduce our guest, Anthony Servino, at The Real NFL Guru on Twitter, senior writer at Gridiron Experts a ranker at Fantasy Pros, as well as the host of the FF Faceoff podcast. What's going on, Anthony? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Before we jump in, I want to remind you guys to listen to our podcast on podcast.com as well as the Apple Podcast app. I'm exploring a few other options too. We may jump back on SoundCloud. We may jump on Spotify. So within the next few weeks, stay tuned. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at FFB Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Adam on Twitter at Everyday FFB. And like I said, our special guest, Anthony at The Real NFL Guru. You can follow our network Twitter page at Unwrapped Sports and check out our website at UnwrappedSports.com. Something we didn't have last season, Adam. So we got the beautiful new website. A lot of contributors writing about stuff. We actually have some fantasy football writers also. We're going to be putting up a rankings tab on our website so that we can put out our weekly rankings Hopefully have some special guest rankers, just like Anthony and some of our other guests that we have on throughout the year. So keep an eye out for all the exciting news going on with us here at Unwrapped Sports and at Fantasy Football Unwrapped. All right, there's my lengthy intro, guys. Sorry about that, but let's jump right into the NFL Draft. And I'm going to start with you, Anthony. What do you think about the NFL Draft? Anything that surprised you? Anything that bored you? I know some people were really happy with this draft. Other people I talked to weren't, so I wanted to hear your opinion. This year's NFL draft, there wasn't a lot of locks on people's boards. There was a lot of variance on who the top players at each position was, and I think it showed, especially in the first round, we saw a lot of surprises, whether it was the Raiders going feral, Giants going Daniel Jones, Montez Sweat slipping. There was a lot of variance. I totally agree with you. It was surprising, because I don't think there was a Saquon this year. There wasn't someone that we all can look at each other and say, if you don't go Saquon number one or number two, you are a complete idiot. I think this year, Kyler Murray could have went number one. He could have fell to the Giants. He could have went all the way to the Dolphins. If someone could have traded up, who knows what could have happened. But to see them take him, it was a little surprising. Not make any trade back. But when you have your guy, you got to go get your guy. Adam, give me your reaction on the draft as a whole. Teams were drafting more defense, and it wasn't juicy from a fantasy perspective. I mean, you got your Kyler Murray number one overall. That was awesome. Right. Everyone's going to love that. Nikhil Harry went to the Patriots. Tom Brady's got a new weapon after Gronk being gone. DK landed a nice spot in Seattle. I you like know, that. I think it was a solid draft, but I don't think it was anything like last year. You said with the Saquon, like our clear-cut number one guy was Josh Jacobs. And was he really like the clear-cut? No. Depending on where everyone landed would tell you who was going to be the, the best. Exactly. That will lead me to my next question. Which rookies will make the biggest impact for fantasy this year? I guess we can start with the running back position since you really highlighted that right there. And then we'll kind of just talk about in general, any players that you think are worth a start right off the bat, you think are we going to have an opening day roster spot starting on that team, or you think it may be a good person to keep on your bench as a stash when you're coming into the year, maybe might see some opportunity. So Anthony, let's start with you. If we're going to start at 
running back. I think Josh Jacobs will have an immediate role. I get that they brought in Isaiah Crowell, and they have Jalen Richard, but Josh Jacobs was the clear-cut only running back worth taking in this year's draft, and I don't think that they took him there to sit behind Isaiah Crowell. The Raiders are going to be under a little bit of pressure because the Josh Jacobs pick, I think, is the one married to Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper. One of those players, he's not Saquon Barkley because he's not. Then the Raiders made a bad move. They need to justify dealing both of those players, and all the Raiders really got in return. They got the safety and Josh Jacobs. That's the main debate I was hearing. People were saying for Odell Beckham Jr., you got Jabril Peppers and two players in the first round that aren't even close. Now we're talking the situation you just said with the Raiders. They gave up two stars, one on offense, one on defense, and Look at the first round haul in return, like you just said. Is that worth it? When you have Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, those are what you hope first round picks turn into. So when you trade those guys away, you got to know what you're doing. For the Raiders, it was one of those positions where I said, blow me away. You need to restructure your team here. I wouldn't have been surprised to see them take a receiver. Maybe Nikhil Harry later on in the draft. Clinton Farrell definitely shouldn't have been picked. That's their first pick. I think they could have moved back to get him, but they sent their entire scouting department home and it was just just Mayock and Gruden, like 70-year-old in a room just deciding what sounds better to them. So I don't know if that's the best strategy, but like I said, we're just going to have to see. Clearly, they were big fans of the national championship film because they drafted four different players from those teams. I believe it was three from Clemson and Jacobs, who would be from Alabama as well. So clearly they watched one game of tape for the entire year. It was the national championship tape, and they liked it. The majority of their picks from those two teams. Adam, is there any rookie that you really think is going to make a major impact in fantasy this year? Yeah, starting from running backs, I agree. Josh Jacobs, I think he's the only one, honestly. He's kind of in a situation with Coel Richard where he's going to have to prove that he's going to be the number one. I think they're going to want to make him prove that he's going to be this number one guy. I also definitely like Akil Harry, DK Metcalf. I think those were the two wide receivers that had the most physical talent, and they both landed in very good spots. I agree. Nikhil Harry might only be good for a couple more years with Brady only being there a couple more years, but still, if you're doing redraft leagues, he'll be good and he'll be there. Completely agree. Nikhil Harry is an absolute monster. I'm ASU alum, so I watched a lot of his games. Very, very physical receiver, breakaway speed. I don't think he's the best I think he's very, very good at everything. And I think that's going to help him be an extremely good NFL player. And when you're on a team like the Patriots, Brady, Belichick, that's the best place for you to take your skills, really hone them. He's in the best spot for receiver. I completely agree with you on that. With Hogan gone, Josh Gordon not looking like he'll return at least until later on in the year if that did happen. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. Like you just said, DK Metcalf. Another guy that slid a lot. I know some people were way too high on him because of his combine workout to Seattle. That was a shock. Baldwin's got like 50 more surgeries lined up. You have Lockett. He is a small receiver. And you just signed Russell Wilson to this massive contract. Go get him some help. You guys saw that video of Pete Carroll and DK Metcalf prior to the draft when DK came into the Seahawks room shirtless. I guess a scout told him to come in shirtless. The second he walked in, Pete Carroll rips off his shirt also. Shakes DK Metcalf. Metcalf's hand. It was pretty funny. Seems like a good match personality-wise, and I think DK Metcalf was a bit humbled. I really think DK Metcalf 
may be the number one rookie fantasy wide receiver this year. We'll just have to see. I think DK actually, he goes great with Tyler Lockett too. It's just Lockett's kind of that deep threat, you know, DK is a big body in the end zone. I think they're going to complement each other very well once Baldwin kind of figures his situation out. And I think it's going to be the end for him. And so once he's out of there, I think DK is really going to step it up. Maybe not year one, but year two and year three. I think we could see this guy. I agree. I think he found a really good spot. Anthony, I know Adam moved on to receiver. So a couple receivers that you think are really going to have a fantasy impact this year? On your Nkeel Harry tape, the one issue, or not so much of an issue, but the one thing that alarms me there is that Bill Belichick, I believe, is drafted up to this year close to like 23 or 25 receivers as the head coach of the Patriots and the Browns, and only one got over a thousand yards. That was Julian Edelman. If there's any hole in Bill Belichick's coaching game, it's drafting wide receivers. That doesn't mean that's going to necessarily be the case with Harry because he is the first uh, one taken in the first round. But the Patriots also still have Edelman. They have Demarius Thomas. They right. brought in Burns Ellington. They brought in a good handful of receivers. So I don't think it's a lock that Harry is going to see the field right away because Bill Belichick does not care about contract or draft status. He's going to put the best guys. A receiver that's really intriguing is Nicole Hartman. Right. And that's because of the Tyree Kill situation, which we'll probably get later, but Hardman is almost like a copy, a carbon copy of Tyree Hill in the sense where he's not your prototypical wide receiver, he's full of speed, can return kicks, he's great in the open field, but he's only played receiver for two years of his career. His year three of playing wide receiver will come in his rookie year in the NFL. That said, I know a lot of people have high variance on him. I'll probably take him in the back end of the first round if he comes to me, and it looks like if Tyree Hill is released, and he should I think a really interesting landing spot for receiver AJ Brown, Tennessee. I think they're finally investing in receiver. They haven't had a thousand yard receiver since 2013. They really need to get some help there. And I don't think Corey Davis is panning out to what the Corey Davis believers really thought he would be. AJ Brown's a kind of guy that can come in there and really take a role immediately. Besides running back and receiver, I would say the one person that isn't a quarterback that intrigues me tj tj you know what i'm talking about adam we got a detroit lover here in adam so i know he was excited to hear me say that hawkinson that big motherfucker he is a serious football player there's a reason why they drafted him top 10 deserves it i think if they would have waited i think the green bay packers would have snagged him a couple picks later maybe moved up i think it's a smart pick i think they spent a lot of money on defense this offseason regardless of what you think of the signings i think they brought in a ton the only offensive signing that really comes to mind would be Amendola and that was more of Patricia bringing in another older Patriots guy for that locker room which I understand TJ Hawkinson should do what Ebron was supposed to do for Detroit tight end being as dog shit as it was last year for fantasy football if you didn't have one of the top three guys you were taking a waiver wire flyer every single week from an NFL standpoint I did not like the pick I just thought it was very odd that we would take a tight end after he just signed Jesse James. But from a fantasy standpoint, I think it's excellent. You know, I think he's going to succeed very well with Stafford. I think right, Matthew I Stafford has another very good weapon with K. 
Kenny Galladay emerging, veteran Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, another weapon, Carrion Johnson. He's surrounding himself with lots and lots more weapons. So I think Stafford's definitely going to take a little bump up too from this Hawkinson move. I think also he's a good blocker. So I think he's going to help out Carrion Johnson. I can imagine him making some great blocks and paving some holes for Carrion Johnson. Yeah, like I said, he's a big body. Stafford needs some help, some serious help. Any other rookies that you guys want to highlight? For fantasy, I know we haven't really mentioned quarterback yet, so I want to hear if you guys have any other ones before we move on to Rosen to the Dolphins. I like Noah Fant a lot, and I feel like he's kind of going under the radar a little bit. And when it comes to week one, it wouldn't surprise me if I have Fant ranked ahead of Hawkinson. Hawkinson's going to be a day one starter because he can block. When you can block in the NFL, you're going to see the field. And I want to touch on Hawkinson here for a second. I think it was a great pick for Detroit. Last offseason, Matt Patricia tried trading for Gronk and Gronk next to deal. I think this is what they're trying to get. Jesse James is a good player, but I don't think he has the potential upside that Hawkinson has. That said, I know a fan... Fant lands in Denver, a team that wants to utilize the tight end. I mean, they drafted Jake Butt a couple years ago, and his knee is keeping him from the field. They bring in a quarterback like Joe Flacco, who has had a ton of success throwing to the tight end. And Fant is a player who he may not start. They might put like a higher man in there because he's a little bit of a better blocker. But in passing situations, I think Fant is going to have a big season. I agree with you. And they're both teammates to Iowa tight ends. The first time two tight ends from any school have been drafted in the first round, which is insane, first off. Busy in this yeah, a lot of teams run two tight end sets, but they have two at tight end. The recruiting there or coaching, if you brought in just two guys that grew when they were there, regardless, it's insane to see what they've been able to do. For quarterback, I want to hear what you guys think about Kyler Murray, what he'll be able to do on the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury, and if there's any other quarterback here that intrigues you for fantasy. Kyler Murray, he's going to be great fantasy. Well, I think he's going to be overvalued and overpicked. Yes, which is the sad part because so many people are going to try to jump on that bandwagon. And I think he's going to produce, but not at like a top five, top three, which some crazy fans and fancy football players will expect or hope for. I think he's more of a realistic top 10 guy. I think he could realistically, with all the weapons he has, the two wide receivers the Cardinals drafted, the confidence of Cliff Kingsbury trading his quarterback, going to give him Kyler a lot of confidence coming in on this season. And I think he's definitely got a shot to be top 10. Yeah. Anthony, do you have any quarterbacks that you're in love with or anyone that you're questioning? I don't know if I'm exactly in love with any of these quarterbacks. I think long-term, interested to see what Daniel Jones can do, learning behind Eli Manning. I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals should have went elsewhere with the pick and let Kyler Murray fall to somebody else. He hasn't been hit a lot in college and had one of the best offensive lines in the nation and he's going to a Cardinals team that doesn't have the best line in the world. Questions about how much he cares about football and can he carry a franchise on his back? When you look at Baker Mayfield last year, media elite like Colin Coward had him on his show and Baker took him head on and with Kyler Murray, he seems to avoid the media a little bit and that's not really what you want from a franchise quarterback and maybe he can be frazzled a little bit once the pressure comes down on him. So I am worried about Kyler Murray. I'm worried about the Cardinals in general. I don't think Steve Kine, the general manager, is going to have a job in a year or two. Dwayne Haskins, I think for this year, he might have the biggest upside in Washington because they're probably going to put him in right away despite Case Keenum being there. And they have some pieces, whether it's Geis coming off the injury. I know Bryce Love is coming off the injury too, but he has some upside. They have 
form, and I think Haskins has the biggest immediate upside of these quarterbacks. I love what you just said there about Haskins because he got the best position possible. He slid, yes, and I think that's going to make him even more motivated. Drafted the Redskins, grew up like 20 miles from their practice facility. He's a hometown guy. He had connections with someone that works for the Redskins. His son went to high school with him. It was just so many different things that I heard that made it seem like it was almost meant to be. So I think with Haskins, he is going to be even more motivated now that a lot of teams passed up on him and he's in a perfect situation. And the Redskins are in a perfect situation because they got absolutely screwed with this Alex Smith situation, putting out a ton of money. The guy's down for probably ever. He's probably never going to play football again. And you have that much money tied into the quarterback position, which pretty much means you're in purgatory. Once you give a quarterback, which is the highest paid position, that kind of extension, you better have holes filled around him already, or you better be the best drafting organization in the league and find ways to plug in every single year. So I think this is the exact thing that they needed to salvage a situation that's a little bit out of their control, of course. I think they already made a good move by getting Case Keenum, a good bridge guy, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting maybe the first few games, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see Case Keenum as the backup week one. I think Haskins is the most intriguing quarterback in my opinion. And they snagged Montez Sweet later on in the first. The Redskins won that first round in my opinion. You got a starter on offense and defense right off the bat, and that's the whole goal for the first round. Yeah, and the whole thing about Sweat's heart condition come out to be like nothing even big. It was just blown up, blown up, and that's honestly why he slid so much. So I think this dude's going to be a stud. He should have been drafted in the top 10. Frankly, I wish the Lions would have drafted him. The draft was amazing. So let's talk Rosen to the Dolphins, who got traded midway through the draft to Miami. Second round pick and a future fifth, and that pick was 62 overall. Rosen last year, 2,278 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. What do you guys think about this move? We'll start with you, Anthony. Rosen to the Dolphins, what does this say about their confidence in this year and next year's draft class, or their confidence in Rosen as the future? What do you think? I think it was a smart move for Miami because Joshua Rosen, they're not on the hook to pay him a lot. He's going to be on his deal for the next couple of years. Even if it doesn't work out for Josh Rosen, they'll still be in a position to go get a quarterback next year right. in the draft. So I think it was, rather than spending their first round pick on one of these quarterbacks this year, they can go get Josh Rosen, who's probably just as good, if not better, than any of these guys. Because like I said, I'm not really sold on any one of them. Yeah, I think Josh Rosen in this year's would have been the first or second quarterback taken. Oh, he absolutely. I think it would have been taken over Kyler Murray. Yeah, I agree. I think this was a move that Miami kind of had to make. It was just an offer that was placed in their lap where if they said no, it would just be kind of just dumb oh, for why? them. Yeah, why? And I think Rosen, he's literally a first-round pick, had one year with a team that had an aging veteran and Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson not producing like he should have, a coach that just got fired, a broken offensive line. There were so many problems on why it wasn't just him on why that season was so bad. So I definitely think a new team, new home, Rosen, yeah, Dolphins got a steal for him. We're going to move on to Tyreek Hill, everything that's happened with him. Tyreek Hill got kicked out of college for, I believe it was a domestic violence case, and now he's had other things that's popped up. Now they're 
there is child abuse as well. There's an audio tape that a TV station aired last week where Tyree Kill and his fiance were discussing injuries to their child. After the case closed, the prosecutor, Steve Howe, reopened the case on Friday after receiving the audio file from KCTV in Kansas City. It's pretty screwed up. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's pretty blatant. Tyree Kill's a shitty person, plain and simple. It's something I've talked about in my NFL podcast. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on this podcast. I've talked about Kareem Hunt, about Reuben Foster, and I'm going to talk about them all in the exact same light. You're a shitty person, and you don't deserve the privilege of being a professional anything. If you're a professional football player with fans, with kids who wear your name on their back, families watch you every Sunday together, you have fans, you are a celebrity, you're a person that people look up to. You go around not just beating women, but you beat your child too. A three-year-old child, you break his arm. Like, I hate to talk about the details, but are you fucking serious? You are the worst type of person. The worst. So I think if you even have the discussion of having Tyreek Hill back in the NFL, you're a shitty person. If you defend him, you're a shitty person. So there's my rant. Wanted to hear your opinions on it, and if you don't want to talk about the details too much like I did, at least talk about what this means for the Kansas City fantasy value. Anthony, let's start with you. I've covered the situation. I listened to the audio right after it came out. What you mentioned about his college thing, the girlfriend that he punched in the stomach, it's his now fiance pregnant with his son. My God, I didn't know that. My issue here is if you take a look at it from a business perspective and why these teams draft these players or sign these players because football is a business and the goal is to win a championship. And if this player can help you do that, then you're going to sign him because right. if you don't, somebody else will. Look how quickly Kareem Hunt got a job. Yeah, Look at Ruben right. Foster. He got a job. Right. I'm not condoning Tyreek Hill's behavior. What I'm saying is it is up to Roger Goodell and it is up to the NFLPA to govern this because if you leave it up to the teams, they're in a business. Roger Goodell has to say we're zero tolerance. Why is it when a player does something in college? Look at Joe Mixon. They're drafted and it's zero strike. When you go to the NFL, Please. it's like what you get in college didn't happen. Yeah, you get a fresh slate. Tyreek Hill should be on strike too. I agree with you. And like you said, if this happened in college, you probably haven't changed as a person. Like an abuser is an abuser in my opinion. You know what right. I mean? Like you may make mistakes in life, but when you hit a woman or hit a child, like you have that in you. That's something that you shouldn't have in you. As a grown ass man, if you're raised correctly, that's off limits. Once you cross that line, you never go back. That's what I'm saying. So I think the Chiefs are painting themselves in an awful light because trading for Frank Clark, yep. who's got problems yep. of his past Kareem Hunt situation, you are becoming the old Cowboys or the old Raiders where it's like, you got legal problems? Come over here. Let's see if it works out. You're a shitty person. That's fine. Got a couple domestic violence charges. That's just like finding out he's got a parking ticket to some of these teams. So it's absolutely ridiculous. You are talking child abuse. He should be banned forever. Forever. Adam, anything about it? Yeah, my whole take on it was I was just heartbroken. I just feel so much for the little boy because I basically hang around a little five-year-old all the time. My girlfriend's little brother, he's five, and I'm with him all the time, you know. It breaks my heart to see this happen after his past. I think there's just a lot of problems going on and Tyreek Hill and his fiance that he needs to work out. I think he, he absolutely shouldn't play another down in the NFL but the sad part about the NFL is you're right, Anthony, it's a business. So to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyreek Hill is playing in the NFL next year because some team wants to take a shot on him and he served his 12, 14, 8 game or whatever suspension. It was just really ugly for another black guy for the NFL. 
And I think it's just a bad, bad example to look at by these NFL players. He's making millions. He's supposed to be spoiling his kid, letting him have the best life ever. I see Tom Brady's kids, all these other kids of NFL players doing fun stuff, having the best birthday parties. And I find this kid has to have his arms spread and punched in the chest when he cries too much. It's awful. It's just awful. And I don't think he should play again. And I think the worst is Tyreek Hill. And it's sad because he was a guy who I used to cheer for on the field when he would get the ball. I would love to see him run down the field, beat everyone out. But now, if he gets the ball again, I just want him to get laid out. We'll get off this situation and back to some fantasy football. Just unfortunate that we even have to discuss that. We do. We got to keep you guys updated. We're going to talk about another Kansas City Chief, Patrick Mahomes, landing the Madden 20 cover. Are you guys believers of Madden curse, or do you think it's bullshit? I think it is complete bullshit from 2013. It was very real until 2013, until my boy Calvin Johnson shattered that curse the following year when he was on the cover, posted 1,924 receiving yards. Best of all time, and that put an end to the curse. There's been little things here and there. I think the curse is over with. I think Mahomes will throw at least 40 touchdowns this year even without Tyreek Hill. He's a stud. He had Tyreek Hill last year kind of like how Brady had Moss, Peyton had a fleet of receivers, Decker, Demarius, and Sanders, kind of all in their prime. And that's when they threw 50 touchdowns. So I don't think necessarily Mahomes will ever throw 50 touchdowns again. I think it's possible, but I think he'll have to get another primetime weapon to do it. That's interesting. Anthony, the Madden curse, you think it's bullshit? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because for the longest time, it looked like the curse was for real. And then the past couple of years, that changed. I'm up in the air about it. Yeah, I agree with you both. How Mahomes going to request? There's no way he'll put up that kind of numbers again. Like, like you said with no Tyreek Hill and what's going to happen is he's going to regress a little bit and then people are going to blame it on Matt and it's not going to be the case. Mahomes is the real fucking deal. We're going to talk advice for fantasy football drafts. First question I'm going to ask you, Anthony, are you more of a PPR guy, half PPR? What's your fantasy niche? I do a little bit of everything. I play, like last year I played probably close to 14 leagues plus about 30 best ball leagues. Love it. So I dab in a little bit of everything, but I always try to have, you know, one league that reminds me of fantasy when I played, I've been playing half my life. So 16 years, I started when I was like 16 years old before the internet. Right. Like having a kicker and defense standard, like just like a standard league. My personal preference is 12 team PPR though. Like a league with less than 12 teams. You won't play in a league with less than 12 teams. That's interesting. I'll yeah. play I'll play in a 10 team still. But if you present me an 8 teams league team. It's, it's not, to me, it's not fun. I played in an 8 team league once and it was the worst thing ever. We all had the best teams in the world. It seemed like it didn't matter how many good moves you made. They made better moves. You weren't methodical. You weren't picking up a guy that no one heard of for him to all of a sudden come out of nowhere week 8. You were picking a number 2 guy on a team off the waiver wire every week. It was ridiculous. I agree with you. I think me and Adam this year year we've fallen in love with half point PPR I think before that I was more of a standard guy I did full point PPR I liked it but I liked standard a little bit more and I think half point PPR was the perfect mixture of the two obviously right in between I loved it gave everybody that liked PPR a little bit of what they liked everybody liked standard a little bit what they liked Uh, so this year most most of my leagues will be half point PPR but like you said Anthony I like to keep a standard league I do as well Uh, And then me and Adam are going to be in a Dynasty League this year for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get that set up, get some, about, I don't know how many other people, probably no limit, honestly, just as many as I can get, you know, but... 
be good. I, I do a variety of leagues. I PPR and half point are starting to grow on me a bit more. I grew up doing standard, the traditional, like you were saying, Anthony, kicker defense, you know, your typical stuff. I grew up playing with my dad is what happened. So he started kind of... That's how I got into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's real simple. Him, he doesn't really need to follow the real in-depth crazy stuff. So we both have fun with it. I do tons of different leagues though i'm probably going to be in one of each even like a super flex league i'm sure the only thing i really don't do is idp it looks just too much for me but i think just one defense is enough i would say just some advice i have for people doing way too early fantasy football drafts i know there are some of you guys that you're trigger happy you have to do it now that the draft is over you don't want to wait till the preseason i get it so if you want to do it make sure that you're not drafting quarterback too early make sure you're not drafting these rookies too early especially kyler murray like you said anthony pick defense with the last two or three rounds 100 percent. even though adam will disagree with me well maybe not anymore yeah adam adam had his his weird philosophy last year where you could pick a defense really early if they were that defense you know if it was the rams i think now you just wait it out you'll find someone good so just some advice from me perry over here so anthony you want to shoot him with some advice really quick anything that you tend to lean towards when drafting in fantasy football i tend to let the draft dictate my strategy i go in thinking i'm going to do something but if there's an early run on a position and get the best player available so if i'm going in wanting to wait on a quarterback and i see a run on quarterbacks and i still in the earlier round i can get this same quarterback in like the 10th round i'm still going to wait until the 8th or 10th round to get my quarterback and just keep filling other holes on my team right I agree with you. You know, tight end, if you don't get one of those top tight ends, wait. Wait. Because there's a big drop-off after Kittle and all of them. And when you can get an Eric Ebron or a Hunter Henry in the 6th, 7th round, that's really the sweet spot. So when other people are picking up these tight ends and quarterbacks, you can get running back depth. You can get wide receiver depth. Adam, give him some advice. I agree with that. Wait on a quarterback. This quarterback hype is starting to get out of control. And with Kyler going number one overall, it's just going to even get crazier with Baker getting OBJ. Mahomes is just Mahomes. Andrew Luck is starting to revitalize his career and be the star he was supposed to be. I think all these guys are going to be way drafted real fast. Even Aaron Rodgers, he's always going to be around. I think you'll have people in your leagues who aren't crazy about fantasy football, you know, who really want that good quarterback. I know I'm always in a couple leagues with friends who like fantasy football, watch football, but they're taking Aaron Rodgers in the second round. They're going to take Mahomes in the second or third round. And if they take someone in the second or third round it's going to provoke someone else to take someone early and just let that chain reaction go on and you take your 10th round Jameis Winston Matt Ryan wherever you want but there's going to be great value if you wait for quarterbacks totally our post-draft rankings I was just going to read my top 12 I'll start with my quarterbacks and Pat Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs even with losing Tyreek Hill at number two I have Aaron Rodgers Green Bay think he's going to come back healthy just a stud and at number three Andrew Luck Indianapolis I think he really showed what he could be last year so I think he's going to continue that with this coaching staff this year at five I have Baker Mayfield I'm very high on him with OBJ with Jarvis Landry and all the weapons that he has and Kitchens as his coach I think they're just going to blow the top off I really think that Baker Mayfield is going to have a fantastic year I'm just going to start listing them Deshaun Watson Matt Ryan Drew Brees Cam Newton Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, 
and Dak Prescott at 12. What do you guys think about my top 12 quarterbacks? Or you guys can go ahead and read your list if you have them. I have a top 10, too. Yeah, I got Mahomes, number one. I think he should be the number one for everyone. I think your top three is got Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck type mesh. Maybe Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield if you want to put him high enough up there. I have Russell Wilson right at the middle at five. I think he's very consistent. Just got DK. Just was signed to a big old contract. I think he's just going to ball out. I think Cam Newton's still top 10 type guy, you know, loads of potential, but still concerns about his arm. The one guy who I have in my top 10 that you didn't parry was Kyler Murray. I think okay, uh, wow. even behind this, wow. behind this O-line, wow. you know, yeah, I think he's going to come off just this first year. Just this first year, he's going to do well. I think we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have their first time in the NFL, not a lot of scouts have tape on them so they really don't know what to expect on Kyler Murray it's a whole lot different from college to NFL like Dak did it Mahomes did it Mahomes is I know once in a lifetime type person but still he was able to succeed I think the best he'll ever succeed his first year because no one's really seen him play rather than his next couple of years so I think Kyler Murray's going to be pretty good this first year okay. but after that I think he might slow down a little bit and teams might figure him out that's interesting. I really didn't expect that. I like to hear that. Anthony, do you have rankings of your own? Or do you just kind of want to comment? No, I have. Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Watson, Breeze, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, and Dak. Okay. Notice we're all pretty high on Baker, which is good. We're going to move on to running back. I'll start with mine. Number one, Saquon Barkley. Two, Ezekiel Elliott. Three, Christian McCaffrey. Four, Alvin Kamara. Five, James Conner. Six, Todd Gurley. Seven, Melvin Gordon. Joe Mixon. Nine, Le'Veon Bell. Ten, David Johnson. Eleven, Dalvin Cook. And twelve, Nick Chubb. What do you think about that, Adam? Yep, uh, Saquon, Zeke, one and two. I think that's going to be the lock for a lot of people. I Even agree. standard half point. PPR, whatever. You're either going to have Saquon or Zeke, one or two. Even I could see McCaffrey in PPR leagues being the number one. So PPR, I, think, I agree with you. I can I can make a case for that. But the one that shocked me that you have was Connor at five and Gordon. I think at seven. I would about flip those guys. I think Gordon. I have him actually at four. I think Melvin Gordon. He's healthy, sixteen games, which is a lot to ask for since he's really not ever healthy. I think he'll produce, but if he misses games, yeah, I think he'll fall back to like maybe the six, seven spot. I got Gurley at six. Kamara, I skipped over him. I have Kamara at five. Joe Mixon seven. Le'Veon eight. DJ, 9, and I have Marlon Mack at 10. I think the fact that the Colts didn't draft running back really showed a lot of confidence in him. I think that he's going to be this workhorse back with Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins kind of fading out in the picture and kind of being that end-of-the-game guy to close it out. Not close it out, but to take the load off Marlon Mack when the Colts are up by 20. I have uh, Elliot, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, who could continue to slip for me as right. the offseason goes, right. Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Chubb is another one that could potentially fall a little bit, James Conner, and then Dalvin Cook. Okay, cool. So I think we have a pretty similar mix of guys. We're going to move on to receiver here, Devontae Adams. DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Smith-Schuster, Michael. I had Tyree Kill in this spot, but I had to knock him out, obviously, when this all dropped. But I have at 7, Antonio Brown now, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, and T.Y. Hilton. What do you think, Adam? What's your list? 
Yep, I agree with Devontae Adams, number one overall. I said he could have been number one last year. He was one of my bold predictions, and he was. It felt great. So I'm going to ride with him again, double down with Aaron Rodgers, hopefully going to be healthy this full season. They added some other weapons. Their defense definitely bulked up. I think Adams, number one. Hopkins, number two. Michael Thomas, you're a little low on him. I have him at number three. I think he's just going to have all the receptions in the world. My list is PPR. I should have mentioned I made it picky PPR, so I guess that might have been different if you did yours half point. Mine is half Um, point. Okay, yeah, then that might make a little sense. So, yeah, I got OBJ coming in at number four. Juju, five. Julio, six. I have, you know me, I love Juju over Julio. We got that little bet going. And Evans coming in at seven. Antonio Brown, eight. Amari Cooper, nine. And AJ Green, hopefully if he stays healthy, ten. Okay. But Anthony, let's hear your receiver list. Is your list half point PPR, standard, or full point? I'm going to go off my standards, and that's what I have done right now. So you're getting a standard Uh, list from Anthony, and a half point from me, and a full point PPR from Adam. So no matter what you're drafting, listen to one of us. <laughs> right. I have DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Juju, AJ Green, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. Okay, so you both are decently high on AJ Green this year when I'm not as high. I'm the highest on Odell out of any of us at three. I'm the lowest of anyone in for Michael Thomas at six. I think we switched Odell and Michael Thomas for most of our rankings here. But with Hill going out, we all had to make slight adjustments. I love these lists, guys. These are looking great. Tight end. This is one that the list is a little harder to make because of how shitty everyone did last year if you weren't a top three guy. But I put one together anyway, so we're just going to have to see. Travis Kelsey is going to be my number one guy. I think with Tyree Kill going out, they're going to lean on the big guy even more. He's going to have a career year, Travis Kelsey, and it's going to be a big reason why Pat Mahomes doesn't regress as much as people are going to think. At number two, I actually have George Kittle. Zach Ertz is my number three. Evan Ingram, four. Eric Ebron at five. Hunter Henry at six. Seven, David Njoku. Eight, O.J. Howard. Nine, Jared Cook and 10, Delaney Walker. 11, Vance McDonald, and I got 12, Austin Hooper. I always do a top 12. But Adam, what do you think about tight ends? What's your list this year? Yeah, top two, I'm actually right with you. Kelsey Kittle. I think Kelsey, without Hill, he's going to be, no doubt, everyone's number one tight end. I think with Hill being there, he was questioned, maybe it's Ertz, maybe it's Kittle, but now with Hill gone, it's Kelsey. He's established his number one. I think Kittle Kittle and Ertz should be able to battle it out for that number two spot, though. That'll be really interesting. I think both have the potential to be there, even be number one, potentially, if Kelsey gets hurt, misses games, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Number four, though, I have O.J. Howard. I think I'm a little bit high on him. I think before his injury, he was just putting up crazy stats, getting touchdowns. Him and Jameis were getting stuff down, and I think he's just going to pick up where he left off with Adam Humphreys departing, Cameron Brate starting to fade off into the distance. I think O.J. Howard will really step up this year. I like that take. Five, I got Hunter Henry. I think if he could stay healthy, you know, he's always been that guy who everyone's really been rooting for, hoping for, but last year he towards ACL during practice, never played a game. It was just sad because everyone had a lot of hype going around him, but he never got to show it. I think he'll be able to show it this year, which will be good. Six, I got my boy TJ Hawkinson. I think he'll be able to produce, you know. I think he might start off to a bit of a slow start, but if he does establish some chemistry with Stafford, I think they could definitely take off and he could find himself a new weapon. Seven, I got Evan Ingram. I think with OBJ gone, he's 
pretty much the only big body guy who can jump up and be a huge red zone threat. Eight, I have Eric Ebron. I think, you know, he's always there. He's going to get his touchdowns. Andrew Luck loves him in the red zone. He's reliable. Nine, Jared Cook. He's Drew Brees' new weapon, you know. Anyone who's on the Saints getting passes from Drew Brees isn't bad. And 10 rounding out Delaney Walker. I think he's going to bounce back from his injury. I do too. The Titans have a lot of different weapons. I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of tough pressure and coverage on him. So I think he's going to be able to make himself get open and create space. Yep. Anthony, let's hear your tight end rankings. I have Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard, Ebron, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Cook, Delaney Walker, Burton, and Greg Olson. Okay. Assuming he plays. You think Greg Olson's going to have a little comeback this year? I like that. I think his next stop would be the Monday Night Football booth after this year. I would hope so. Adam, you put TJ Hawkinson in there also, along with Kyler Murray in your quarterback rankings. I think Adam's a true believer in a few of these rookies, which is interesting, and I'm liking to see that. It's a nice little hot take we got. Hey, George Kittle can do it with Nick Mullins. Oh. I think uh, TJ Hawk can do it with Matt Stafford. Completely agree. We'll see if Stafford bounces back this year. We're going to go our way too early Super Bowl prediction. Just take two seconds just to list who you think is going to win it all this year. Adam, let's start with you. Who do you think is taking it home? I'm going to keep it simple, and the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to win it, though. I think the Saints will actually make the Super Bowl this year like it was destined to be or supposed to be this last year. And I think Breeze takes down Tom Brady, and I think Breeze will call it quits and say, Sorry, Tom, you'll never get to have a chance to beat me ever again. Okay. And Anthony, let's hear your Super Bowl. I think it's a really good chance for my Cowboys to get there. That bias with it, but they are, they're loaded. Oh, man, I, I love to hear you say that, man. You're making me so excited. It's our Cowboys. We're Cowboy fans here, and that's why I'm saying I love that you ended the podcast like that. Continue. Sorry, I had to get excited for a second. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, they're, I think they're loaded for runs. If they can stay healthy, Zeke is the heartbeat of that team, especially on offense. It's not Dak, and if Zeke is uh, getting 20 carries a game, plus whatever he can do in the passing game, then I think the Cowboys will control the season. They're playing in a, I would say, still weak NFC East, despite all the, the rookie additions, and then they have to play the AFC East, which is, look at the Patriots did. So I think just with their schedule alone, they're in line for a really good year. I completely agree that the Cowboys are going to have a great year. I don't want to put them as my Super Bowl winners right now. I'm a little hesitant, but I'm going to give it to the Rams this year. The Rams last year got extremely close, didn't perform extremely well in the Super Bowl, but it was a boring overall Super Bowl. I think they're going to run it back this year. I think Gurley is going to come back a little bit healthier. I think we all have a little more of understanding of what's going on there. I think they drafted very well. Getting Eric Weddle and then also getting Taylor Rapp in the draft, your safety position after losing LaMarcus Joyner just got better. Adding Clay Matthews, so many little pieces to a team that doesn't even need it. And I see Cooper Cup coming back healthy. So many things that can go right for the Rams. And I really think if they were able to put it all together last year with so many things going wrong late in the year, I really think they're going to be able to make it right this year. So Rams will make it again, and they're going to fix what they couldn't do last year. No Dodgers back-to-back losing World Series. This is going to be a second chance taking it home. I truly believe that for the Rams. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 15 of FFB Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Adam Stark, guest Anthony Servino. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just a reminder to follow him on Twitter at the real NFL Guru, senior writer at Gridiron Experts, ranker at Fantasy Pros, host of the FF Faceoff 
podcast, so make sure you're checking that out too. Me and Adam are so excited to be back talking fantasy football with you. Episode 15, expect a ton more this season and a ton more exciting guests just like Anthony and all the guests that we had last year. We're hoping to put together some sort of fantasy league with a lot of us. Keep an eye out for our Unwrapped and Friends Fantasy League. So excited to talk about the draft today and some of the situations going around are way too early rankings. You had a standard ranking, half PPR, and full point PPR, so you got a little bit of everything, even as far as way too early Super Bowl predictions. So we're getting excited, we're getting started early, but we want to make sure you guys are all ready by the time the fantasy football season is in full swing. So again, thank you for listening to episode 15. Listen to our podcast on podcast.com or the Apple Podcast app, and keep an eye out for us adding on a couple more platforms in the next coming week or two. Follow our Twitter page for this podcast at FFB Unwrapped as well. As my Twitter page at Perry Aston. You have Adams at Everyday FFB, like I said, Anthony at The Real NFL Guru, or our network page at Unwrapped Sports, and check that website at unwrappedsports.com. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you guys next time.